The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hello friends, Rotor Old Josh Norris here, once again, with another episode of the universe's most important podcast, that is Roto World Football Podcast. Before we get to Evan Silva and Roto Pat, I have a few things to say. First, if you enjoy this podcast, even for a moment, please consider subscribing. And to those of you out there who have subscribed, we thank you, one, and two, rating and reviewing would really help us out. So I'm talking to you Archie, and Alex, and Amy, and Anna, and Aiden, and Albert, and Ashton, all of you who I just called out, please consider, not consider, just do it. Just leave us a five-star review. Helps us reach a new audience. Second, on Sunday, noon Eastern, on Roto World's Facebook page, uh, Rich Rebar and I will be answering all of your start set questions, hoping to formulate your optimal lineup ahead of Sunday's slate of games. And Evan and Pat and Ray will be checking in from time to time as well. It'll be a fun 30 minutes. And so now let me get to one of those people. His name is Evan Silva, and he writes the matchups column on Rotoworld, right as a train approaches. How fitting. Evan, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, Josh. How about yourself? <laughs> I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. So, okay, you obviously have that matchups column like I just mentioned. Let's talk about a few of your favorite plays. Let's start off with, I guess, Mr. September, new nickname for him. That's Larry Fitzgerald. And October. And October. <laughs> I'll give him two months. Larry Fitzgerald, uh, he's topped 100 catches in consecutive seasons. He led the NFL in receptions. Last year, he has a great matchup against. I don't know if the Lions are going to use Quandre Diggs or DJ Hayden in the slot, but either way, that's a very favorable matchup for Larry Fitzgerald. If it's Quandre Diggs, I mean, Quandre Diggs is 5'9, 196, Larry Fitzgerald 6'3, 225. You know, Larry Fitzgerald working inside has a lot of favorable matchups over the course of the year. That's why he, it, you know, this move into the slot, which Bruce Arians. Uh, also executed with Heinz Ward in Pittsburgh and Reggie Wayne in Indianapolis, um, has really allowed you know allowed those guys to extend their careers, and it, it has allowed Larry Fitzgerald to extend his career. Um, Quandre Diggs was really really bad last year, and yeah. DJ Hayden was a bust to the extent that the Raiders just moved on from him. Um, and Larry Fitzgerald runs sixty to seventy percent of his routes in the slot, uh, and Darius Slade does not move into the slot. Uh, and over the past two seasons, in the first 10 games of the season, Larry Fitzgerald has averaged 84 yards per game 
with 12 combined touchdowns. He does have a tendency to fade late in seasons, but this is the time to play older Mm -hmm. players, uh, and Larry Fitzgerald fits that bill perfectly. I don't think Zach Ertz is like that good of a football player, but Mm -hmm. I think Zach Ertz this week, especially against a Redskins defense at their front seven, is definitely susceptible, plus obviously the Eagles might not really have a slot receiver. I think he absolutely feasts this week, Evan. What do you think? Yeah, I think that he absolutely is going to feast. Um, like, like the Redskins top, like last top year, three tight end points feast. Like he has a shot at that for sure. Yeah. Um, last year, the Redskins allowed the NFL's second most catches and third most yards to tight ends. Uh, then they lost Sua Cravens, their strong safety. Uh, he's contemplating retirement. Uh, Ertz has been a historically slow starter and fast finisher, but I think that that changes. This year with Jordan Matthews out of the way in two games missed by Jordan Matthews last season, Ertz had 15 and 16 targets, which is just absurd. You do not see tight ends getting target numbers like that. And Ertz, you know, while we we can complain about him as a player a little bit, he is like a legitimate high volume tight end. And Mm -hmm. I think this is going to be a very high volume offense. Even last year as a rookie, the Eagles put a ton on Carson Wentz plate. I mean, he finished fifth in the NFL in pass attempts. And he also finished 12th among quarterbacks in rushing attempts. Uh, so I think that we're going to see a lot of volume. and That volume immediately is going to go to Zach Ertz. Uh, and especially with Alshon Jeffrey likely to be locked on to Josh Norman, uh, that should open things up for Zach Ertz in the middle of the field. He's, he should be one of the highest owned plays in, in daily fantasy this week. Talk to me about Todd Gurley, because obviously this matchup is a prime one against the Colts. Uh, but how many, and I'm, I'm, this is kind of just an open-ended question, like how many Rams players are you actually interested in? Is it just Todd Gurley, or could you add in a Sammy Watkins, and could you add in a Cooper Cup as well? I am interested in Cooper Cup. I think that he's playable right away in mm-hmm. PPR leagues. I think that you're you're probably going to be in a, you know, want to be in a deeper uh, league maybe, um, you know, to really be considering – to, to be really be considering him like in a league where you start four or five receivers and you have two flex spots. Uh, but I think that he's definitely in play uh, after we saw him show that connection with Jared Goff in the preseason. I think that Jared Goff at this stage of his career is just more comfortable throwing the ball inside the numbers on high percentage routes as opposed to taking shots downfield. Uh, and so I, I'm, I think that Sammy Watkins is someone that people are really going to want to convince themselves to play because no Vontae Davis this week, the Colts' top corner is out with a groin injury. Uh, but I think that Cooper Cup gets more targets in week one, gets more catches. You know, Sammy Watkins can rip a big play and, and out yardage uh, Cooper Cup. But, uh, but I like Cooper Cup to outscore him uh, in PPR in week one. Regarding Todd Gurley, you know, he's been a major disappointment for the vast majority of his NFL career. He's rushed for over – he's reached 90 rushing yards in one of his last 24 games. And over that 24 games uh, sample, he's averaged 3.4 yards per carry. Um, and I think that when you watch him play, he just doesn't look the same. Do you agree with me? I, I, I totally that? agree. And we talked about it during the preseason where even when, like, Justin Davis got in the game or Malcolm Brown got in the game, they were at least, like, creating on their own a little bit. And yeah, I, I agree with you. Even though Todd Gurley and look, no one, none of us will ever say his situation is a good one, and we might still say that. But uh, at some point, great, great backs, which a top ten selection is, needs to create a little bit of space on his own, and I just don't see that consistently from him yet. 
Yeah, and with all that said, I mean, the beginning of the season starts off so perfectly for Todd Gurley, okay? In week one, he faces the Colts. Uh, in week two, he faces the Redskins, who had a terrible run defense last year, and I expect them to have a terrible run defense again this year. They run a 3-4 defense, and they don't even have a nose tackle. Uh, in week three, they play, <laughs> they play the 49ers. Uh, we know how bad. I think they'll be better this year, but we know how bad they were in run defense last season. And then in week four, uh, week one, Colts, week two, Redskins, week three, 49ers, week four, Cowboys. Those are all very good uh, matchups for opposing running games. You know, and our buddy Reeves put this perfectly. If Todd Gurley cannot come through in this week one game against the Colts, you know, then we're, we're, we really need to downgrade him. Uh, but the, the Rams are in such a good spot because they're at home. They're favored. Uh, they're facing one of the league's worst run defenses, but they are also set up beautifully because they're going to have the ball a ton. Indy's offense, I think, on the other side is going to really struggle to sustain drives with Scott Tolzien at quarterback. I mean, the Colts have – they even considered starting Stephen Morris over Scott Tolzien. Scott yeah. Tolzien is that bad. Uh, and they've also talked about using Jacoby Brissett, who they acquired via trade from the Patriots, uh, in two-minute situations. You know, I think that their offense is just in such bad shape and they're going to struggle to maintain the ball. I mean, the, the Rams, if they come out and execute, I think that they should be able to hold the ball for like 35 to 40 minutes in this game and just feed Todd Gurley. And with all that said about Todd Gurley earlier – I think we both agree that at one point, especially during his rookie year, he showed a lot of talent and rarely does talent like that just disappear. So maybe this is just the kickstart during what his third season to really get it going. All right, let's finish out with Delaney Walker. You know, the Titans added so many weapons in that receiver group this offseason. Corey Davis, Taewon Taylor, uh, Eric Decker, heck, even Jonu Smith, because there's a lot of talk of them running two tight end sets. I think Delaney Walker is being a little overlooked here, Evan. Yeah, he shouldn't be. Um, the Raiders last year allowed the fifth most yards to tight ends. Then they did almost nothing to address their inside linebacker and safety positions. Um, they're hoping for internal improvement at strong safety from Carl Joseph, who they drafted in the first round last year. But at middle linebacker, I think that they're going to start fifth-round rookie Markel Lee. Uh, and then, uh, you know, not only did the Raiders really struggle in, uh, against uh, tight ends last season, but it carried over into their third preseason game, which teams treat like uh, a, a regular season dress rehearsal. 35-year-old dad runner Jason Witten ran 19 routes, which is about 30 to 40 percent of a normal route workload for him. Uh, and he caught six of six targets for 74 yards and a touchdown against the Raiders' first team defense. In two years with Marcus Mariota, Delaney Walker has finished sixth and fourth among tight ends uh, in the NFL in red zone targets. And Walker right now is the pass catcher with whom Marcus Mariota has the most familiarity. I mean, Rashard Matthews would be second. You know, mm -hmm. He played, uh, he was a starter for most of last year and finished the season really hot. But you know, then they went out and signed Eric Decker and he missed some camp, some camp time with uh, an ankle injury. They used the number five overall pick on Corey Davis, uh, who we're, we're both very optimistic about. But he, you know, it'll be a slow start. It'll be a slow start. Corey Davis has been hurt since Central Michigan season ended. Yep. Uh, and then Taewon Taylor, I think he's going to get Western on the field Michigan. for some snaps. Your, your boy, 
Um, and he will add playmaking ability to an offense that lacked it at receiver last year. But you know the the, the fallback dude for Marcus Mariota with all this turnover in the receiver core should be Delaney Walker, and, and he is just a great, great matchup. Once again, you can check out this and more in Evan Silva's matchups column. And coming up next, we have Roto Pat on the other side of this break. Welcome back. Now we have superstar Hollywood himself, Patrick Darty. Pat, my only question for you is, which of your players drafted on any of your teams does Roto Emilia hate the most? She's like uh, the working man's baby, so it's yeah, got to be more someone more blue-collar than Tom Brady. Did she he, really want you to draft more Jared Goff and Todd Gurley shares? I mean, Cooper Cup, obviously. There we go. Who she I, really I, think, I actually think that's a great way to go in, with this, that direction of Roto Emilia's favorite player in the league is Cooper Cup. They like <laughs> both enter the world around the same time. That's a good – yeah, they did. Yeah. And, and so – she will follow his career path all the way to Canton. I had I have 90% shares of Cooper Cup, but she was she thought 100 or nothing. So <laughs> she wasn't satisfied with 90. Okay, so before we get to Rotopat's rankings, which you can find on rotoworld.com, we have to talk about Blue Apron. Pat, I have a few words and ingredients I need to tell and explain to you, and then I want you to tell me the first word that comes to your head, Okay. Okay. So first, summer vegetable and egg paninis with Calabrian chili mayonnaise and caprese salad. Are you a mayonnaise fan? It's 50-50, um, but see, I think secretly a big mayonnaise fan, but it's kind of like difficult to admit to yourself that you like mayonnaise. But I mean, when you consider what mayonnaise is, it's, it's kind of along the same lines. I actually used to make mayonnaise sandwiches growing up. Fun fact. I made... Go ahead. Uh, Miracle Whip sandwiches growing up. Less fun fact. Um, (laughs) Okay. Now we also have soy glazed pork and rice cakes with bok choy and marinated green beans. Do you know what bok choy looks like, Pat? I do not. You're going to have to describe it for me. What what color do you think bok choy is? Purple. Wrong. Green. It's like a green leafy, almost fennel looking type thing, but it is uh, not licorice flavored. Green was my second choice, by the way. So, again, we're telling you about Blue Apron. It's very affordable, less than $10 per person per meal. They deliver seasonal recipes. I mean, there's variety, the flexibilities. You can customize your recipes each week. It's obviously very easy because it's step-by-step. They're apportioned 40 minutes or less. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free. Yes, three meals free along with free shipping. That's a lot of free. By going to blueapron.com slash rotofb. Once again, that's blueapron.com slash rotofb. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. Don't wait. Again, especially like that mayonnaise that is that mouth Vaseline that we talked about. That's blueapron.com slash rotofb. Get your Calabrian chili mayonnaise when you can. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. All right, Pat, while this train is going by, let's talk about... The Express leaving the station as you have Lamar Miller as running back 10 this week. Tell me why you have Lamar Miller as running back 10 after he let so many of us down last season. Because life is full of pain. Um, uh, 
no, I mean, it's a strictly a workload-based ranking. Uh, Alfred Blue's hurt. Dante Foreman. Is it Dante or Deontay, by the way? I, never I, know. I say Dante. I say Dante, too. Uh, Dante Foreman's no, not really expected to be a factor right off the bat. He was hurt. He's practicing. Seems like he will be active. But, you know, Texans are home favorites, five-point favorites in what should be a low-scoring game. And I think uh, Lamar Miller will be on a much shorter leash than he was last year. But I definitely think he's getting a second chance from the Texans to be a legitimate workhorse bell cow in that backfield. And, you know, the Jaguars are obviously – they were tough defense last year. They look even better on paper this year, but I just think the conditions are right for a pretty big workload from Lamar Miller and workload is more than half the battle when it comes to fantasy rankings and projections. So yeah, that's why he's in that top 10, top 12 range, man. It's that's like a, that's like a duty rank. Uh, You got to do it. (laughs) On the flip side, you have Derrick Henry as running back 38. Is that just to punish people who drafted Derrick Henry even more? I can't tell you how many questions I get about Derrick Henry on a weekly basis. Like, should I start him? Should I sit him? No, Pat, right? Like one, shame on you for drafting Derrick Henry at his six round (laughs) price tag. And two, now the only reason you're going to play him is if one, things change from last year or if DeMarco DeMarco Murray gets injured. Yeah, I mean, it's just just too much of a touchdown wild goose chase right now. Uh, It's an absolutely great matchup. I mean, it's the kind of matchup where... Maybe you could see a backup a vulture, a touchdown, but I mean, there's no reason to think DeMarco Murray isn't going to be completely full bore for week one. We handle a uh, complete workload for him. And if you're seeking, if you're like in that RB3 flex range and let's say you lost Jay Ajayi this week or whatever, and you know, you're, you're like, you're just, you're just hunting for a guy that might score you a touchdown. I just think there are better options and like the RB 30 to 40 range, maybe like a hashtag revenge game adrian peterson or maybe jonathan stewart against the 49ers and i I think derrick henry i don't think this is going to unfold the way it did last year where demarco murray just holds off derrick henry all year but i definitely think it's the way the season is going to begin and i i just yeah with everyone at full health right now there's just very little justification i think to treat derrick henry as an rb3 i mean i have him right outside that range but yeah, I just I don't I do not think we are there yet. So do not start Derrick Henry. Uh, okay, let's pit two teammates against each other. We and they have a prime matchup. It's against the New Orleans Saints. Stephon Diggs, I believe you as wide you have as wide receiver fifteen, and then Adam Thielen as wide receiver thirty one. Pat, these players have kind of switched positions this year in some ways. With Stephon Diggs no longer working in the slot, but now he's working on the outside, and Adam Thielen seemingly working in the slot. So again, it's a prime matchup. But why, and again, both are starting caliber in your eyes, but why such a big difference between the two? I mean, I just think that right now, more things are working in Stefan Diggs's factor. I mean, he is going to be spending more time outside, but he was kind of Sam Bradford's security blanket last year. And, you know, you're a college football guy. I mean, Stefan Diggs was a massive recruit. He kind of came into college. You're already going back to high school to college. I, hold, hold on, hold on. This. I'm just saying. I love it. So he's a guy who... He came into like the football mind space with kind of a big play reputation, kind of disappointed at the combine, kind of definitely disappointed in college, had a lot of injuries. But I think he I think he's still kind of a nice big play threat. He averaged 12 yards per catch out of the slot, which is actually pretty good for the slot. And I just think he's got that game breaking potential 
And if he's spending a lot more time outside, you know, maybe he won't compile quite the way he did the past two years. But I think he's got the ability to take advantage of being outside. And I, and I think they'll kind of, I think kind of good for both of them. I think they'll, I don't think it's going to be Thielen full time in the slot yeah. and um, digs full time outside. I think kind of rotating could be good for both of them, you know, free up easy looks for both of them and give them both big play chances. Uh, I just like it a little better for Diggs right now, and I, I just think I just think yeah he's going to take advantage of being out there, and he's still got a great connection with uh, Sam Bradford. So Sam Bradford, you know, known for his big plays. So yeah, <laughs> but this I mean it's it's interesting because Reeves brought this up in a previous conversation. Like we all like Dalvin Cook this year, we all like Kyle Rudolph, we all like Diggs and Thielen. So then why don't we like Sam Bradford this year? Well, I do like him as the QB fourteen this week, which to me. You know, feels like that's like that's a it's going to be a long season rank uh, if I already have Sam Bradford as the QB 14 in week one, yeah. even though it's strictly matchup based uh, home game against the team that allowed the most passing yards in the NFL last season. But, yeah, it's going to be a long season, Josh. Uh, Sam Bradford is my QB 14 in week one. Well, Pat, unless you have like a question for me, I'm just going to get out of here. <laughs> Josh, it just so happens that I do. Uh, <laughs> I hope well, it's not about Blue Apron. I just had a question in my head and you asked me if I happen to have a question. Um, I you know, I was just wondering what like your early season thoughts are on Deshaun Kaiser. Cause he's kind of, he's going to be like the DFS YOLO play du jour, yeah. you know, kind of the guy, the dual threat guy that everyone, even in season long, just one of those guys that everyone, that people are going to look for excuses right. to kind of force into their lineup. And, do you, I mean, do you think he is, is he going to make early season noise I, or I think he's he, less dual threat than people believe. Um, I, I wouldn't say he relies on his legs to create anything, but I, I do think he's a solid athlete in that regard. But I think we can expect mistakes, which is fine. Like, but that's very opposite than of like, you know, Carson Wentz and how he started his season last year. But I, I think the long leash helps. And what I really think helps Pat is the offensive line that he has and to establish a running game. And I even think possibly a top five running game in the NFL this season, that might be crazy. But if you just look at this offensive line on paper and then what Isaiah Crowell did last year when there was a solid offensive line, like, let me just tell you this. Okay. In the first four weeks of last year, Isaiah Crowell averaged 6.5 yards per carry. Okay. Then when Joel Batonio went down, from week five to week 12, it went down to 2.5 yards per carry. So not only do they get Joel Batonio back, but they also add J.C. Treader and Kevin Zeitler. Like that tackle guard center guard combination might be the best in the league. So I, I think, again, keeping him upright will absolutely help. Corey Coleman down the field, Kenny Britt down the field, whatever athletic tight end they have down the field. Do I think that he can, he can return on value, which is just double his price? I do, and I think that's only like 12 points. Um, but am I going to play him in any redraft leagues? Absolutely not. So I would expect mistakes and people to get cr- go crazy about the mistakes. But at the end of the day, we're talking about a second round quarterback. So I should lower him from QB four this week. Then is what I you're don't saying. think he's quarterback <laughs> four on. Your I believe list. I believe he's QB twenty or twenty one. Yeah, yeah. um, if he's but, above, uh, is he above Jared Goff? He is. Even Good. though, even though, know, he, even though Jared Goff's matchup, Pat, you're doing it right in my book. You're doing it right in my book. I love it. All right. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. Um, Obviously, thank you for subscribing if you do. If you don't, please do subscribe. It really helps us out. And once again, rate and review. And we will talk to you all again on Tuesday.
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.